Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. For you to know that you are matured, it means that you are able to do things that the Holy Spirit tells you to do. You don't come to Jerry and go, you know, that kind of prayers. You know, Amen. You know, there are some people, they, they talk to God like as if God is, is, is deaf. He can't hear them. Ah, the Bible says that even before you ask him, he knows what you need. If He knows what you are looking for. Praise the Lord. The issue is not how high you shout. You know, yeah, sometimes we put, you know, charismatism in our prayers. It's nice. That one is for us. That one doesn't move God, though. When we come to Charlie pray and we are we are all charismatic and we are clapping, we are jumping, we are shouting. Those things don't move God though. That one is to help you and me so that we can be energized to pray. I get what I'm saying. Because serious. You know, you know. So you see, when you ginger the people to pray like that, so that we can all be together and pray. But it is not those things that move God. What moves God is your faith in, your, in the prayer you are praying. When you look, read the Bible, Hannah, for example, Hannah in the Old Testament, when she needed a son, she didn't open her mouth. Oh. She didn't even shout. The Bible says she went to church. And she went to just kneel down. And she started speaking to God. And the Bible says she could not even open her mouth. She was just you know, she was just praying under her tongue. So they said that the, the pastor, uh, Eli, the priest, he thought that Hannah was drunk. He, she, that's what he thought. But you could see that she was pouring her heart. She was not even shouting. And then she told the man of God, man of God, I'm not drunk. I've been looking for a child for these years. Today, I have come to God and I've told him, if he doesn't give me a child, I will not live here. But if he gives me a child, I will, I will dedicate the child to, to him forever. And then Prophet Samuel came. As Samuel came, Samuel too was giving. Giving to us to go and do the work of God. She didn't have to shout. So, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Maturity is a sign of you taking instructions. You are matured when you can take instructions. Anybody who cannot take instructions, anyone who cannot do what God says they should do, you are not matured. Uh -huh, why, 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 is, why is Apostle telling me to do this? This one is there. Why didn't he tell this one to do You are not matured. That's why you are complaining. You know, babies are always complaining. Babies are always crying. Children are always crying. But when you are mature, as soon as God speaks, yes, sir. you see Isaac in the Bible, 
He was a child of Abraham, but he was matured. The father told him, let's go, we are going to sacrifice. It's okay, daddy, let's go put the, the fire sticks on his neck. He was going, to were chatting, chatting. Where they go, they say, ah, daddy. Now, now they, they call us daddy. Those days, they call them father. So, daddy, I don't know where it's coming. I've been saying, I don't know why they call us daddy, but those days, they call them father. That was the meaning of daddy. Charlie. <laughs> and there are some things have some things have changed but I don't know the meaning of daddy. Uh, do you know the meaning of daddy? Da daddy, we assume that daddy means father, but we don't even know the meaning. Have you bothered to find out? Let's see. <laughs> uh, so Isaac said, Father. And then Abraham responded, My son. I said, ah, everything is ready. The fire stick, the whatever, the knife. But where is the offering? Where is the animal we are going to use for the sacrifice? Abraham told me, he said, my son, God shall provide the offering for his sacrifice. So let's go. They got to the bottom of the mountain. Abraham told his servants, wait for me here. My son and I, we are going out there to sacrifice. Isaac followed the father. When they got to the mountain, the father told Isaac, Isaac, Charlie, you are the sacrifice. You have to lie down. But the God who called me, even if I cut off your head today, he will bring you back. So no problem, you will lie down. You see, a son obeys instructions. I have always thought about that scripture. I, probably when I go to heaven, that's the first question I'm going to ask God. I say, God, what really happened? I want him to show me what happened. That conversation, when Abraham told Isaac, I want to see what happened. Did Isaac refuse? No. We realize that the Bible says, and Abraham laid his son on the altar, put the fire sticks under him. He was coming to sacrifice his son. He even lifted the knife. Isaac did not scream. Isaac was lying down, looking at the knife. The knife was coming down. Until God spoke from heaven. I said, Abraham, don't touch the lad. Now I know you love me. What? Now go and read your Bible. By the obedience of Isaac. Listen. Oh. Yes, we talk about Abraham. Yeah, we talk about Abraham. That's fine. But by the obedience of Isaac. When you read the book of Galatians, the Bible says Jesus was like Isaac. Jesus was like Isaac. In other words, when you go through the descendants, you realize that Isaac was the only begotten son according to the promise to Abraham. And Jesus was the only begotten in the flesh. Before you and I, we came, you know, he was the only one at that time. So you realize that Isaac qualified to be a son because he obeyed the instructions of the father. Are you getting the picture here? So you are not growing in Christ if you cannot carry out the instructions of the father. You are still a baby. And what is the instruction of the father? It comes through the word. When you hear the word of God and you do them, mean that you are mature. And that God can trust you with plenty. 
That's what the Bible says in the book of James that we should not be hearers of the word only, but we should be doers of the word. Why? It's only matured people who can carry out instructions from the Father. As for children, I need biscuits. I need toys. I need this. Every day they ask asking. So if you find your prayers always asking God for something, know that you are still a baby. Ask for anybody, are you a baby or a mature? Praise the Lord. Are you a baby or you are mature? You see, some of you, you think you are mature, but you are nye, nye, nye in the spirit. Nye, nye, nye. Crying every day. Nye, nye, nye. Everywhere. Praise the Lord. Yeah. 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 So, I won't go to church again because, you know, I asked a brother for 100 cities. He didn't give me. You know, you see, you're a baby. You're a baby. You know, you see, you're a baby. You're a baby. Baby. Babies, you know, babies, they always cry when they don't get what they are looking for. I know what I'm saying. They always cry if they don't get what they are looking for. Praise the Lord. My prayer for you is that you would become matured. The Bible says that we are the sons. In other words, God produces sons. He wants people to carry out his instructions. Now, sons here represent both male and female. Not just as in the male. So in Christ, there's neither male or female. The description of sons is a description for maturity, not gender. Please get what I'm saying. You know. When I read your Bible and you see, oh, we are the sons of God, it's not describing gender, male or female. No, no. He's describing maturity. I get what I'm saying. So, please take note of this. There are some people who say that, oh, the Bible, the Bible is, about, is against feminine, uh, females. Because a lot of the things in the Bible is um, he... Um, son, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. God is not male or female. God created, when he created the first Adam, he looked like a male. Out of him came a female. What about that? So God can produce both male and female. So they don't, don't tag God with this gender stuff. Praise the Lord. Oh, are you here with me? Alright, let's continue. So today we want to look at some few things. First of all, turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at some few things and we're out of here. We want to look at the benefits of coming to church. The benefits of coming to church. That is, that is what we are looking at this morning. Why you must always come to church. Praise the Lord. I read from verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. From verse number 6. It says, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Let's all read verse 7 together. One to go. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Repeat it one more time again. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Say it for the last time. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, I want you to take note of this thing because 
when you understand that we walk by faith and not by sight, nothing can dampen your spirit. Nothing can cause you to give up. Nothing can challenge you. Because, now I was telling someone yesterday, you know, a lot of people think that God is a magician. That's how some people think God is like, God is a, a magician. God is like, uh, they, they want to compare God to this so-called juju people who you go and go. That's not how God is. And that's not who God is. So the thing is, they say that if God is God, let him prove. God, God has nothing to prove to you. Ah, now, who are you? Now, I, 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 <laughs> Some of you, the day you will see God, your, all of your hair will stand up. All of your hair will stand. They will become spikes. There's just some people, they can, they can jab. If God is God, let God should prove to you. If, read your Bible. The day the children of Israel, they were saying the same thing. Oh, God, where? I said, okay, bring them to the mountain of Moriah. Don't let them get close to the mountain. Let them stand at a distance. I will display myself a little bit to them. I'll just show them who I am small. When they got there, now they say, oh, Moses, no, no, we have seen enough. Take us, let us go, let us go. Ah. But you wanted to see God. You want to say nah, nah. he was just displaying small. The mountains were shaking. You want to see God. Some of you, they, sometimes we, we talk to God like God is our age mate. Like, like we gave birth to him. God, if you don't if God, if God is God, if God, if you don't do this thing for me, I will not go to church again. Ah, now who, who loses? Who, now who will lose at the end of the day? If I don't go to church again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Are you here with me? I'm trying to teach you something. I want you to change your mentality. That will see the glory of God. Because the moment you, you accept and understand that, hey, we walk by faith, not by sight. That is the beginning of you walking in peace. That is the beginning. Because there are some people... It's like, okay, how would I know God is with me? Oh, if God gives me a job, then I know God is with me. If God gives me a house, I know God is with me. So if God does not give you those material things, does it mean God is not with you? If you don't get those things, does it mean God is not with you? See the point now. And that is why a lot of people have been misled. They have been misled. One day I was, I was going to town. And there was this woman who was preaching. And you know some people, now they've turned that thing into a business. Fine. Paul said, yes, there are some people who preach because of their stomach. It's in the Bible. And there are some people who preach out of genuine intention. Nevertheless, Jesus is preached. So even if the person is preaching because of the stomach, and somebody is preaching genuinely, you see, you don't judge them. They are preaching Jesus. So I, I got to where this woman was preaching and, and I overheard this another woman say, another woman, a, a seller. Because so when I heard the woman talking like that, I kind of turned my back and I looked at her. 
and I smiled. And I walked past this preacher, this woman that was preaching. And this thing started bugging my mind. And my question was, so now, people are looking for physical things to judge if you are from God or you are not from God. Then, if some of us were in the days of Jesus, there's no way we would have believed. Because the Bible says Jesus, he was so simple. And then they say, I should shoot. Those days, someone says, shoot. Um, what was his name? The other, Jesus' cousin, what was his name? John the Baptist. The Bible says his clothes was a camel skin. Camel. Okun camel. And on his skin, or other pain. And what was his food? Wild honey and locust. How do you say locust in tree? Tefre. And kakan tefre na. Tefre. And locust. No. You know locust. Those, those insects, they can destroy the farm. You know them. So he will go to the farm and go and catch locusts. That is his food. And then he will get wild honey. In other words, he will go and pluck the honey from the beehive. And that was what he was eating. But then he carried the power of God. I get what I'm saying. To the extent that people had to go to him. In the desert, he didn't have a church building. He was not moving from city to city like Jesus. But people went to him to hear the word of God. Today, look at how some people, it's like, it's like we... If you have a church building, there's no air conditioning, Charlie. You are not from God. If, <laughs> if my God. If, if you have a church building and, you know, having those things does not mean you are from God or you are not from God. Anybody can set up a church. Anybody can set up a church. If tomorrow, Jerry calls me and says, Apostle, I've started a church as sprinters. I'll say, Amen, praise the Lord. Whether it is a genuine intention or not, I say praise the Lord, amen. Because he has, that's what I can see. But the heart is only known by God. And thank God, please, thank God that God does not judge by outward appearance, but he judges from the heart. Hey, some people have, have gone into their early grave because they want to marry somebody when they saw the lady say, oh, wow, wow, this one is from God, angel, angel. They entered the marriage and the angel became the, 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 the operator of the dagger. Outward appearance. Amen. As recently saw a story of this gentleman who married a lady. When you see the lady today, very, very beautiful. You know, I think it was this two weeks ago. They were doing 10 years or something, no, everyone has some trend. They will show their 10 years picture and how they are now. And when you see the lady some years ago, whoa, nothing to run home about. But now look at the lady today, beautiful, amen. I say, I'm a fellow store. Yes, and I'm a If you have money right now, even if your, your calf is like that of a cow. We can massage it. It becomes very beautiful. Amen, somebody. If the woman is like a macho man, you can massage her body. She become like a woman. 
So don't look at outward appearance. Tell your neighbor, don't look at what you are seeing. Don't, don't, don't look at the outward. Don't look at it. That is the first thing the Holy Spirit wanted me to teach you this morning. Because you see, a lot of people, their mind is, they want to judge God based on what they are getting. But it's not like that. Please, be very careful or you miss it. Oh, you can't look at my friend's husband. He has bought her a car. Ah, please relax. Hey, relax. Relax, relax. Do you know what the friend's husband has been doing? Relax. You, some things you don't see. When you go and sleep, then you're snoring. You don't know what is going on. I read, a, I read a story about this young lady. True story. Me, I like reading, so me, I read a lot of things. A young lady who said she was dating a sugar daddy. And she was bold to say it. Went to visit the sugar daddy. When she went to sleep, the sugar daddy says, I'm coming, I'm going to the washroom. 12 midnight. Realized that the man was not coming back, so she was going to check up on him. When she went, the man has changed, was wrapping a red cloth with some, you know, things, and then he was chanting. And the lady said when she saw the man, she froze. And the man told, told her, whatever you have seen here, if you open your mouth, you are dead. So he said the man just turned his back, touched the wall, and vanished. The lady said she, she stood there frozen. She doesn't know how long it took her until the man reappeared. And then she became conscious. And when she got into the bedroom, all that she was waiting for the daylight to appear so that she would run. And the man said, whatever you have seen, if you say it, you will die. The man gave her money. Plenty money. She said, go. You say it, you die. Now she was, she said, no, she cannot live with that thing again. If she would die, she should die. So she's confessing. She has gone to see a prophet of God. And that they have prayed for her. So, so now she's saying that the young girls should be careful. But she even contradicted her, her, herself with her last statement. He said, but she feels that even though she's not seeing the man, she, she feels like going for another sugar daddy because she's like, the man gave her so much money that her current guy cannot give her. And the way people insulted her. You know, as for social media, they don't hold bad. They will give you social comments. You see? So you are looking at what people are doing. You can ask my wife. Last time we were watching TV3 News, young guys, Legon. He said, people introduce him to go and sell his spams to get money every week. 2,500 every week. Because their friends were driving cars, big cars on campus. And when he asked them, Charlie, how are you guys making money like this? So I'll show you. They introduced him to be selling his spams every week, 2,500 cities. So that he can also live a lavish life. See, if you want to live by sight, you will easily be deceived. Write it down. If you live by sight, you will easily be deceived. Thank you. So number one benefit for coming to church. Let me just give you like two or three then we are done. Number one. There's constant care 
and harmony. Okay? When you come to church, some of you in your family, nobody cares about you. Some of you in your, in your, in your family, no, nobody even thinks, nobody, nobody even knows you. But when you come to church, because of the role you are playing, you are valued. In your, in your family, nobody calls you sister. But in the church, maybe you come, oh, sister, say, sister, say. Your people, people value you in the church. But in your home, nobody cares about you. Nobody values you. That's care. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to, I want to, last week we read a scripture. Let's go back and read it again. I want to use it to tell you something. Acts chapter 4. Let's read from verse 32. Acts chapter number 4. From verse 32. It says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. This is the key. One heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. I'm praying for the church to come to this level again. Where nobody will say, this is my house, this is my car, this is my money, this is, this is, this is mine, this is mine. That we all can come to that level where we say, whatever I have is also at the disposal of the church. Imagine. No wonder the church grew. Verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things they were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. You see, sometimes in your family, nobody cares when you, when you need, nobody cares about you. A lot of people have committed suicide because the people that are supposed to care for them in there, nobody will mind you. But in the church, when you join the church and then you need something, somewhere, somehow, the church will find a way of helping you. Many, many, many times. If there's anybody in this world or let me put it in a language you understand. If there is any organization in this world that helps people, a lot is the church. Even at our level, we help people. And some of the people we help, maybe in their entire life, in their family, nobody has given them one CD before. Sometimes somebody will come here. He has never come until we decided that we were going to change the rules. Those days, somebody will just walk in here doesn't know us from Adam, needs help. And then we will help the person. Until as pastors, we met one day and we said, no, we want to change that. Because it's like some of those people, they just come, they take what we give them and they, they vanish. They don't come again. So if you need any help now in this church, you have to be around for a while. The first time that we can give you some 10 CDs, 20 CDs to go home. But if you want real help, you have to be around for a while. So we can check if you are genuine or you are, you are fake. Because people, a lot of people, they, they hear our voice, they just enter. Oh, I am this, I am that, I am that. 
And when we started doing that, I realized that there are some people who don't even show up again. Amen. It's the church. The church is the number one place for, for helping one another. Carry. Carry. That is why I mean, a church should not, is not a place. Eh? I, have been, I have seen some before. A church is not a place for gossiping. Where, you know, a group of people, eh, they have formed a, 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 like a gang in the church. And as for them, anybody who comes to church, they want to gossip. They want to always gossip about people in the church. Oh, look at this lady. Look at the way she has dressed. Look at the way. If you do that in this church, the Holy Spirit will expose you. If the person has not dressed well, when we close church, be nice. If you call the person, oh, in a very nice way, in a very beautiful, friendly way. Oh, Charlie, A, B, and C, O. Simple, nice. We are not here to embarrass anybody. We are here to care for one another. Are you here? Yeah. That is the beauty of the church. The church is not a place. People will come to church and it's like they have been battered by the problems of this world. Charlie, so much. They want to come to church and have some warmth. They want someone to even hug them. They want someone to put their arms around them and encourage them. And when they come, you have become the magaja in the church and you are always, no, 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 no. That's not how the church is. The church is a place of care. You see what we read? It said, no one had any need. No one lacked anything because those who possessed land, they went to sell their land. Those who had their houses, they went to sell their houses. I said, Apostle, share it. If anyone is in this church who needs something, tell it, say it. And everybody was okay. This one did not have plenty. But in the church today, I told you last week about my friend, the pastor, that the rich people went with him to go and check his land. And I suddenly realized that, Charlie, Pastor, we were on you, sorry, I'm not sure. And so, this big vision you are describing to us, who is going to fund it? One of them, one woman, he said, the woman works at the bank. The woman called him the next day and said, Oh, Pastor, I, I, I want to, you know, withdraw myself from the board. You know, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm busy and I want to just excuse myself for a while. Because she thought that the pastor would call her. Because she works at the bank. And say, Charlie, this building project, so, so bring more so that we can. And then when she left, look, if you go and see what my friend has done. He said one day, one of the other one that left came around. And then he was surprised. He said, wow, this is what you have done. He said, ah, I people thought when you leave, God will not. God will always find a way of taking care. And I told you last week, don't ever make the mistake that if you are not there, God will not do it. Like Jesus said, if you don't worship me, I will tell the stones to worship me. Anything you don't do for God, it is you who is at the losing end, not God. Place your resources in the hands of God and see if God will not do something for you. Are you here with me, somebody? So please, church is a place where you can receive care. Church is not a place where you are, you are bashed. <laughs> I, was, I was speaking to another friend who's a prophet. And the thing, the, the thing got me laughing, but I was also thinking about it. It's the apostle. Charlie, 
Sisi ano. <laughs> the way he said it, that's why I'm laughing. Oh, sisi si ano. So fu. Ngovo no mo mata itbi o mo ma ofimi o. O mo ma so. O mo so na buska no mo hwenim se. O mo show nim se a a. Ejisi si ano. I say me me buska so na ma fer. As a prophet, it is well. <laughs> Amen. You see what is going on in the churches? Sometimes I tell you, I say, whatever happens in your corner, it might be happening on a greater scale somewhere. Yeah. So, we should be people who care for one another. Right? Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter number 6. Now, I want to read from verse number... Uh, let me get a context. Let me read from verse number... Seven. Galatians chapter 6 from verse number 7. So that we can get the context very well. He said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Did you see that? Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen. Get, tell your neighbor, don't get tired doing good. Oh, don't speak to your neighbor. Say, don't get tired doing good. Yeah. This is what the church will stand for. He said, don't get worried in doing good. He said, let's do good to all, but especially to the household of faith. In other words, to the church. Somebody does good, want to know. Because he said, I, 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 I paid her school fees, so she didn't even say thank you. So I'm, I won't do it again. Uh, you are tired. You are tired in doing good. He said, Oh, I, 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 gave, I gave him my last, last, last 10 Ghana cities. But when he had money, he had forgotten about me. So you are tired. No, no, don't be tired. Tell me, but don't be tired in doing good. The Bible says, in due season, you will reap. And, and no wonder Jesus taught us. He said, when you do good, he said, don't let your left hand even know what your right hand has done. In other words, don't go telling. There are some people, as soon as they do something for somebody, 
It becomes a talking point. Oh, and I did this for this person, and I did this for this person, and I did that for this person. No, 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 no. When you do that, you are not helping. Even when you come to church, in the church, and let's say you are in a group, and you bought uniform for somebody, See, see the way she's dancing on the stage. Uniform not shining. I'm not a man. Oh, so soon, sir. So, because you bought a uniform for her to sing, the way she's, she's dancing is annoying you. Ah! So, what? Don't be tired in doing good. So, oh, because you, you gave the person food, even when you are wrong, if the person dares to tell you, oh, please, what you did is not right. Ah, are you the one talking to me like that? You that I fed. You that I gave you food to eat. You are the one talking to me. Don't, don't come near me again. You're a bad friend. So, because you gave the person food, even when you are going to enter the hole, and they are telling you, I can't talk again because you gave me food to eat. The church is a place we care for one another. Amen. And it says, especially. In other words, it said, you can do good to everybody. You can, you, if you like, go and stand at the junction there and whoever passes, give the person $100, $100, that's fine. But when you come to church, you must do more. Especially to the household of faith. Church, whatever you do outside there, when you come to church, you do more. Because this is where you must do more of everything. When you do stuff in the church, God sees it. Where two or three are, are gathered in the name of the Lord, he is there in their midst. So he sees what you are doing. Somebody can go and do show outside there. We'll go to the, to the funeral grounds and spray money, spray money. Where they spray money? We come to church, no show. Maybe somebody needs a scholarship to go to school. You do it in the church, especially to the household of faith. Amen. Number two, that the reason you must come to church is that the church is the place for edification. Edification. First Corinthians chapter number 14. Amen. Edification. I read from verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 from verse 1. It says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Did you see that? Often it is church that you receive prophecies. When you come to church, we prophesy. Sometimes when you are by yourself, you cannot even prophesy. Some of you, you have never prophesied over your life before. But when you come to church, you receive prophecies. What is edification? Edification means build up. 
someone comes to church and the person is shattered and down. But when they come and the Holy Spirit gives the man of God words of prophecy, and then we prophesy, you realize that, whoa, something has been lifted off your shoulders and you are built up. Many times, I, I've been there when sometimes I don't even feel I'm so down or whatever. As soon as I enter church, and then we pray, and then the Holy Spirit starts ministering through me. Oh, I realize that I feel refreshed. And the way I was feeling is gone. You won't get it anywhere. It's only in church when you come. Whatever problems you are carrying, the chances of you going back feeling great is high. People go, uh, go to club and dance and say, oh, I went to club to go and dance so that I'll forget my problems. They go home, their problems are still waiting for them. But when you come to church, you come and receive a word from God. And I realize that you are built up. Are you here with me, somebody? The church is a place where God is always prioritizing. God's eyes is upon his people. His eyes is upon his body. Amen. So whatever you need is found in the church. It's not found outside the church. Amen. It's found in the church. It is the church where when you come, and, and God says, I want to do something in the world. He will first of fall visit his church on earth. And then we'll locate you. We'll locate somebody. And say, you go and do what I want to do on earth. And before you realize, there's transformation. So you cannot miss church because, oh, I have, I'm going to chase money. I'm going to do this. It is the church where there is the chance for you to prosper. Amen. Never tell anybody, never miss church for anything. I'm telling you, uh, what, 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 what good is out there for you to hear to be edified? Today, if you turn on the television, what are you going to hear? The radio. What, 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 what good will you hear from there? Ah, if you're not hearing this MPP matter, what else will you hear? That's all that dominates the airwaves now. Some of the things you hear, if you're not careful, it will, it will get you to be depressed. But they, they keep on telling you there's, there's no job. They keep on telling you economy has shattered. They keep on telling you there's no money in the system. They keep on telling you people are not buying. People are, so when you hear those things, as soon as you hear, 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 hey, God, where's the hope? There's, it's like there's no hope. You see, it is only in church when you come. You hear the word. You say, oh, wow, I can do it. It's only in church. When you come to church and you hear the word, so whoa, God, thank you from today. Some of you, you come to church and you don't have any idea. By the time you leave church, some idea has come. And realize that there's some, some, some energetic feeling from inside that when I leave church, I am going to do this thing. Out there, you will not get it. In the world, you will never get it. Amen. May God build you up from today. I say, let the Lord build you up from today. Are you here with me? Yeah. So make sure that you are in church so that you can be built up. Lastly, you come to church because you receive spiritual gifts. Church, you get spiritual gifts. Now when you read Ephesians chapter 4, 
from verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 7. It says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he left captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, this he who ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower part of the earth. He also descended is also the one who, he that also descended is the one who also ascended above all heavens. That he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And then it goes on and on and on. Gifts. Say gifts. Please pay attention. Say gifts. Gifts. See, the most beautiful thing is for God to give you a gift. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? Listen, listen, listen. The most beautiful thing is for God to give you a gift. One of the gifts that is so beautiful is for you to see spiritually. Some of you, we can see spiritually. There are some things you would have done. Spiritual gift. A lot of Christians, they don't even want to have spiritual gifts. So, at the moment they get a spiritual gift, they say, oh, I'm not, no, 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 no. You see, spiritual gift is for all of us. But because now, many of us are not enjoying those gifts, when one person gets something unique, you know, it's, ah, Charlie, God has called that person. Imagine, you know, Taos are seeing prophetically, are seeing things and seeing things and saying and saying those things. Ah, Charlie, now you're a prophet. You are not a prophet. You are not a prophet. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. You are not a prophet. And that's why a lot of people are out there. You see, God has not called them. There's a dip, you see, when, when God has called you into an office, Charlie, the difference between that and an ordinary member just seeing things. Those days, remember the church of Pentecost. Now I'm told it doesn't happen there. But those days in the church of Pentecost, especially, we hear it a lot in those churches. They'll be praying. And then the Holy Spirit will just come upon an ordinary member. And the person will start speaking and shouting. And the person will prophesy. Today we don't see those things again. And a lot of those songs they sing in Pentecost, the church of Pentecost, it came through those means. A lot of those songs Realize that as you are praying, boom, the Holy Spirit will just come and minister through someone. And God, we don't see those things again in those churches. Why? Because they have introduced organizational structure. Corporate world mechanism. So now, you see the Holy Spirit in such a way that he wants you to be like, he wants you to be fully submissive want you to be fully submissive to him so that he can work through you. Amen. So in the church, any one of you can get a gift. And God, Jesus wants everyone to get a gift. Gift. Gift of discernment. Gift of prophecy. Gift of healings. Gift of uh, um, raising the dead. Any one of you can get it. You see? And you don't know when that grace can fall upon you. It's in the church. As we read it, 
It is in the church that Jesus has placed this gift. He gave gift to men. And those men are in the church. They are not outside the church. You cannot get the gift of God if you are in the club. You won't get it there. Imagine you say, I'm going to club. That place, Jesus says he will visit me. Jesus has not visited you in the club. Here in the church. Tell neighbor, we're ready for a gift. See? And, and this is the joy. When we come to church like this, don't come ordinary. Don't come as like, oh, I'm just going to church. Today I feel like going to church. Now, you feel like going to church? If you feel like going to church, probably don't go. You don't have to feel like going to church. No, why should you feel like I feel like going to church? No. As a child of God, this is our, our meeting time. We meet. We are part of a body. Imagine, I told you last week, imagine the heart says today, I don't feel like pumping blood. Will you be sitting here? The heart just decided that this morning, I don't feel like pumping blood. At this time, you'll be somewhere freezing. So, we don't feel like you don't have to feel like. So, I, I feel the presence of God here. I feel it. I feel it. So, the fact that you don't feel it doesn't mean God is not here. When Jesus has told us where two or three people gather in my name, he's there. You want to rely on your feelings. Your feelings. So, you believe your feelings more than what God has said. Whether you feel or you don't feel, Amen. He has said, where two or three people gather in my name, I am there. So it's not a matter of feeling. It is for you to understand that as soon as I enter church, Jesus is there. I am meeting the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he said that even as the day of the Lord, even as the day of the Lord is approaching, we should not forsake the gathering of the saints. Every time we should be together. So it's not a matter of choice. It's a matter of necessity. That whether you feel it or you don't feel it, you must be in church. Because Jesus, you see, when Jesus comes, he will first of all come and visit his church. He will take his church out first. So imagine that day you didn't feel like coming to church. That's the day Jesus came. You are not in church. So Jesus will first of all take us who are in church and then those who are not in church now he will try and see what to do with you people. So those of you who always like staying at home from church and you will not come, be very careful. You see that thing is no good. It's not like me because I want you to come to church so that people will come to church. No, no. I'm teaching you the truth. There are some things you will never get it anywhere. There's a video I forgot to even share it on the church WhatsApp page. Probably I'll share it today. Some soldiers, uh, so, soldiers who were trying to break into a door. Two soldiers, I think they are young soldiers. They were, were trying to break into the door. Break, break. And I think their captain just came and opened the door. They could have opened the door, but they, they wanted to break it. Hard work. And the captain just came and opened the door. And he entered. I'll put the, the video on the page today. You see, sometimes you think that, oh, let me, let me, let me work hard. Let me do, let me do. As you are doing hard, 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 a time will come. God will look at you and say, why, are you, why are you allowing yourself to suffer like that? It takes God for you to prosper. The blessings of the Lord is in the church. Are you hear what I'm saying? The blessings of God is found in the church, and the Bible says it's the blessing of the Lord that makes you rich. 
and adds no hard work to it. So if not for anything at all, your desire to come to church is to come and receive the blessings of the Lord. If not for anything at all. So when you come and you receive the blessings from the Lord, you know that God has put you on the path to prosper. When people are struggling to prosper, God has put you on that path to prosper. That is my understanding of working with the Lord. So there are some things, yes, you might think certain things are going on. If I've gotten to that point where I don't want to allow certain things to get to me because I realize that if you fail to understand what God is doing, the enemy will take you for granted. God's word is working. So Jesus said, how did, he, how did he describe the foolish builder? He said, the foolish builder is the one who what? When he hears the word and does not do it, it's like the one who has built on the sand. The foolish builder. You see? The foolish builder builds on the sand because he doesn't do the word. And that when the storms, the storms represented the problems of this world. When they start hitting the house, back, 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 the house will collapse because the house is not founded on the rock. Which means that as long as you are in this world, temptations will come. Temptations coming does not mean you are not a child of God. In fact, the greater the temptation, the more it shows that you are a child of God. I get what I'm saying. Yeah, the more issues that come your way, the more you have to understand that they are not coming your way because the devil is powerful. The devil, you have said that you are a child of God now. You said you are born again. So if you are born again, okay, let me test you and see if indeed you hold on to your faith. The devil is coming after your faith. But it is for you to stand. I say, devil, no. I stand on the word of God. Hey, today, yes, you think I don't have any money so I'll start talking nonsense. No. I stand on the word. I am prosperous. Jesus took away my poverty and gave me his riches. I am blessed. I refuse. You see, this is how you stand and you build your life based on the word. Amen, somebody. It's a, you don't say, oh, things are hard. Things are hard. Things are hard. Things are hard. The more you are saying things are hard, it's like you are building your life on the sand and very soon you crash. But the more the challenges are around you, it's in the name of Jesus. I'm prosperous. I am prosperous. This thing, this thing going on around me shall not be there forever. I am prosperous. Jesus took away my peace and gave me his peace. Amen. So when you come to church, you see, words like this, you will not hear it when you are listening to Peace FM. You will not, you will not hear them. It's only in church we can tell you these things that will build your faith. Amen, somebody. So please, from today, make it See, it should be your number one priority that I am in church every time we are meeting. Because there's something you receive today. There's another thing you receive tomorrow. Every meeting day is different. If today God says that we should hold 365 day church service every day we are in church the whole year. Can you see yourself coming to church every day for 365 days? Some of you will say, no, I can't. So that is a test of your faith. Every day you are in church. I pray that one day God will tell me that Charlie, we will have one full year church service. Every day we are in church. Every evening. Every Sunday. Every time we are in church. I pray that God should give us that grace.
And it should not be a problem. Why should it be a problem? Because every day is unique and beautiful. And God can bring you something today. Maybe today God will give you healing. Tomorrow God will give you something else. Every day, every day, every day. Amen. So never, ever think of not coming to church. Church, there's so many things you can get. And lastly, you see, the Bible says your gifts, your gifts will make room for you. Your gifts will make room for you. There are some things when you have it, it opens up opportunity for you. Are you here with me? Yes. Some things, if you don't have it, nobody will mind you. If, like, if God gives you something from the church, it can become like an open door. Your gift. People have gone to church and they have become singers. And they are all over the world. Some time ago, I haven't heard that this lady, uh, Beyonce, you know her. I was told she was in the choir. In the church. But look at her now. But she started in the choir. It was in the choir that her singing abilities were harnessed. And now, when God gave her the gift of singing, she decided to go and sing for the world. A lot of people have become, have received all sorts of gifts in the church. Gifts in the church. And I pray that today you receive a gift before leaving church today. I say you receive a gift before leaving here today. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free.